don't give it like a the podcast platform of the finalist by Leopold Lambert. Today, a political and philosophical reading of the systems of objects with Jean Moreno and Ernesto Rosa. Hello everyone, today uh, I'm doing another uh, uh, podcast in the Miami series um, and uh, I am with, for the first time, uh, I'm with two guests rather than one. Uh, the first one is uh, Jean Moreno, who's a writer and an artist working in Miami. Uh, I should say writer and artist among, among other things. <laughs> and uh, the other is uh, Ernesto Rosa, who's an artist and designer also in, uh, in Miami since uh, 2007. And, um, and uh, he used to live in Cuba before, before that. Um, well, hello, Jean. Hello, Ernesto. Hello. Welcome. Maybe quoting very, very briefly the um, collaborative works that you've been uh, you've been doing together because you 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 both have your own projects, but you did a you did a, a certain amount of projects together. Just to quote a few of them um, that will be referenced on the page. Um, uh, you have uh, learning from Little Haiti in two thousand nine, the Moiré House in two thousand ten. Uh, generic objects starting in 2010, tabloid as, a, as this exhibition uh, was 2009. So actually, we we're gonna start with uh, with this project, uh, generic objects, and um, and maybe uh, rather than having me uh, uh, clumsily describing what this project is about, you could I could uh, rather ask uh, ask you to describe what it is about and to introduce uh, the logics that uh, produce this book. This I'm sorry, that's not a book. Uh, this research. So, um, hi, Leopold. Jim Moreno. <laughs> so the way we think of generic objects is, um, so it's not necessarily nondescript objects or objects that don't have any quality. Um, we, we call generic objects or objects whose most important attribute is kind of their information or their data. And it's data that is structured in such a way that it, they could fit inside larger networks, you know, kind of objects that get inserted into networks that themselves kind of grow and scale into other networks. Um, so they lose, they become generic or they lose the quality of authorial presence or brand name. Um, not because that's a gesture on the part of the designer, but because that's, but because the privileging of, of the information or the data set is what becomes most important. See, and may maybe to, to cross from you directly, uh, you're you're giving a few examples of those uh, of those objects: uh, uh, the shipping container, the bucket, the milk crate, and um, and you explain how how these objects are produced within, uh, I suppose, capitalist uh, logics, and how their dimensions are are all related to um, uh, all are considered holistically and how every dimensions and uh, their weight and their structural resistance are considered to be part of a global system that, um, and you, you t you're talking about the containers that is uh, the, definitely a, a paradigm in that, in that matter, how the dimensions of the container are not only considering 
the ship on which it will be uh, carried, but also the cranes that will that will uh, transfer it, the truck, but also the highway. So there's this whole uh, holistic system uh, working for that. Is it? Did, did I get that right? Yeah. Ernesto. <laughs> yeah, this this kind of object has an um, a stamp of the old system. There, there is the only that there, uh, this object has the the result of this stand of the trade system, the global trade system. Mm-hmm. Then at the same time, this kind of object are producing in, uh, it's a big scale of production, it's massive, and it's very accessible for, you know, like a milk crate bucket for many people on the street, uh, everywhere, you know, there is a, it's easy to discard. No container, but container, but this kind of little object in the system. Um, and we start we start thinking about this kind of object because we are thinking how the people was in relation with this production and how the people uh, reuse this kind of object. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find that designer normally think in this kind of object or reuse this kind of object like an, in the analogic way. And they uh, not looking in this stamp and this result of this mm-hmm. this quality of this generic object. Um, I think this was the, the the initial idea. Thinking about this project was thinking about analogic way the designer used the bucket or the milk crate or mm-hmm. and they are arising you know, they are don't looking the real quality of this kind of of system of production. No? Yeah, I mean I think one of the things about generic objects is that. Right, they're 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 a set of potentials more than anything else, and as such, they're just a set of data. Right, um, so a bucket, the stackability matters as much as the shape, right, or as much as anything else, right. So the potential, the the range of potentials that are virtual to them, right, almost this infra space that the object has, is more important than any of the exterior qualities of it, and so and their information in the sense that. They're embedded in these systems, and any change at any level of the system climbs both up or down in the entire system. So if the crane were to change, the container has to change, and the dock has to change, and the truck has to change. So it's just these... The, the ribbon of information is, is transversal to, the, to, an, to an entire set of networks. So this is what, what is interesting to us about the generic object. So if, if anything changes... It's almost like a catastrophic wave that comes down and forces changes down the line, right? It cascades down or it cascades up. So this is what this is what we think is different from the generic object, um, because if you change a table, you don't necessarily change an entire system. Mm-hmm. While if you change a container, you do change an entire system. Uh, and then you have to rethink logistics at a global levels. And what Ernesto was saying about one of the problems that we saw is that actually this has be, been very difficult for artists and designers to actually assume. So instead of assuming or trying to look at these qualities, they return to this very rhetorical use of the object. So a bucket looks kind of morphologically, it looks a little bit like a lampshade. So we're just going to put it upside down and put a bulb in it. Mm. But that is... this You're saying it's too easy in the text. It's yeah. It's just it's just it's just negating everything that is new and interesting in these objects, and returning back to this very rhetorical usage of the found object, 
that is kind of and then it's a little bit of a of an alibi right so you use the found object so you don't have to think about the object because now your work is about do-it-yourself poetics and the mundane and the revaluing of the discarded so you didn't have to think about what's new in the object because now you have the alibi of all these ready-made meanings that you could apply to it so i think this was the problematics that these were the two the two problems that that the research kind of um, bound itself to. I see. Um. Yeah, at the, at the same time, when we are talking about meat crate or buckets or containers or uh, pallets, no? Mm -hmm. Pallets, we are talking about uh, global production. We are where you can find this kind of bucket with the same size, with the same weight, with the same kind of plastic. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, and the same uh, possibility to adaptation of the system mm. in China, in Latin America, and in United States, maybe not in Cuba, but Russia. You know, there is 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 real standardized process. Is the is the 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 climax of the international standard organization. You know, is the is the climax of the system of the standardization process around the globe. And uh, Jean, earlier you were talking about uh, the effect of uh, the, the, the change of a, a piece of the system that might uh, ca cascade, uh, cascade uh, up, which I suppose is uh, uh, maybe contradictory in the terms, but uh, cascade up to the um, uh, to to the entire system. And uh, we we're going to talk about how <clears throat> sometimes those objects are. Um, exiting uh, this, this system and maybe acquiring an identity as you say but I'm wondering if uh, I, I'm wondering if you were also interested in looking at what you can uh, uh, bring from outside the system within the system as maybe a, a strategy of of of, uh, of, uh, of uh, hacking the system almost because of because of this uh, potentiality for uh, the repercussion of effects within that within those objects that are all linked together. Yeah, so I think that this is the problem. So when when the object exits the system, it can acquire an identity, right? So the the question there is, what kind of identity? So when it usually goes out into the design world or the art world, it acquires a very I think uninteresting identity, because it's the identity that the art world or the design world provides to it. You know, it, it links up to the history of the usage of the mm. found object, this sort of thing. So it's a Campbell, Campbell soup of uh, Andy Warhol. Yeah, it's through that world that it comes, mm. the meaning that they give it to it. But there's other ways that when that thing exits the system, it gains identity. So, for instance, situations of economic pressure, the identity it acquires is very utilitarian. It doesn't have that, It doesn't have a rhetorical dimension. It's the dimension of usage. So the question is... A, when it exits the system, what constraints do you apply to it so that it becomes interesting or not interesting? And the, the question you asked was, how do you go back into that system? And I think that that's a question that you ask without relying on the ready-made possibilities that design and art give you. So you have to think of what, what are the possibilities that system is offering so that you can go back in. Mm-hmm. But for example, I'm thinking uh, I'm giving a, a silly example. But 
what if you fill a container with concrete uh, all of a sudden it does not it does not work with the uh, weight that uh, this entire system was relying on it mm -hmm. to work on and you might very well break the crane and and kind of uh, uh, you you would you would have like uh, somehow uh, create create an event in this system that would, which repercussions would be uh, more or less uh, spread to the entire to the entire system. Is that is that something that you're interested in? How you're able to to modify those objects and uh, modify an object may almost from the outside of the system, but reintegrating it within the system. I just don't know that. The example you gave is an event that is going to really um, alter the system of that magnitude. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had five seconds I mean, to I, think I of one. Mean, yeah, that's the, the, yes, this is an interesting question of how do you hack that system or work in that system in an interesting way. But I don't know what the answer is. Mm -hmm. huh? Yeah, the system is really very autistic. Very yeah, autistic. And very uh, autistic. Yeah, he don't care mm. about you. Or he don't okay. care about the social feel around. Mm. Then I don't know. He's it's important for to came back something that you hacking no in this system. I think it's two it's two level of of reality. This is the reality of the generic, mm -hmm. the reality of the global trade, and we are only inf little information. Maybe in the milk crate you have the you put your hand in the hole of the milk crate. Mm -hmm. This is the human well the human pers uh, presence only. But there is, I think there is a big concrete wall between both systems. Okay. You're, you know it's impossible to hack in and go and put it again because he's no he's no using any that get out of the system. Mm -hmm. You, you can find a micro and sentence mm -hmm. that say this is property of public market, no? or it's property of anyway, pr no. producer of the milk, and it's illegal to 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 steal this kind of steal mm -hmm. this kind of object. But maybe they can f you can find I, I never see before. Maybe you see before, but I, I never see before somebody pick, pick uh, picking or pick up in I don't know how to say recogiendo. Correct. Taking the, the the lost milk crate in the street is illegal. There is a sentence on the box, but never they don't they don't care about the loss that they have. Mm -hmm. They never this milk crate go back to the system, you see? and never you can you, you, you would see a, a container going back. Maybe you somebody in, in Lagos or reusing for something in some country. Maybe you can use for reuse container bodies and put it again in the system. But it's no. I, for, for me, my, my perception is two levels, two languages, two present of the planet. There is no transfer there. There is only the expulsion of the object in the system, and the people is reusing out of the system. But the, this object never come back to the to the to the system. No? It's my perception. I well, I would say that it doesn't come back. It can always come back, but that has no. It doesn't injure the system in any way. Yeah. So the the system can always recover anything it loses, but nothing happens to the system when it recovers. Mm -hmm. So you can have the system almost has a built-in capacity to lose some of its information, and it just just has a built-in capacity to reabsorb it, and that loop does nothing to the system. 
right? Mm-hmm. So it, it can never lose. You could you can never lose enough containers for the system to break down. Mm-hmm. Just as you can never take back so many that it's going to clog. It's always going to move. Yeah, I think in the text we write somewhere that uh, that these circuits are going to they're going to go past the apocalypse, right? Because they have this autistic internal logic. Um, so even when everything doesn't work, they're still going to work. I, I mean, metaphorically, of course, but, you know, there's this mm-hmm. autistic and different movement, logic. And I think this is what, what he's saying. There's two, two ways of, of, of the planet itself being arranged, right? This is the entire planet at this point that is two different logics, are grafted to it and they don't have very many vectors that connect them yeah, mm-hmm. two different codes totally you know it's the, the it's different codes of the of the use of the planets to, to something like alienation uh, invasion they don't understand your language you don't understand that they they are here you know it's like two systems totally uh, separate by recognition you know i think the system don't recognize recognizing us we are important, you know. It's, 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 I feel that. I feel the break, the, the, the bigger break bet- between both mm. codes. And, and Gene, you were talking about the loop, so it um, made me want to to quote uh, to quote a sentence of your of this text. We, this text we're referring to is um, is a sort of a account of this research of uh, generic objects uh, for uh, efflux, and um, uh, I will include a link on the page so that people could, would be able to read it but there's there's this one sentence that I that I that I find particularly uh, uh, striking uh, where you you talk about this loop you just evoked and you say uh, the loop is like a tight cycle or whirlpool it's indifference and you're talking about their important I mean using the example of the meal crate uh, uh, as an example for that and and uh, and I quote it's indifference its inwardness, the silence generated by its centripetal, centripetal flows, should terrify us. It is monstrous in the way it, it, its energy absorbs all forms and meanings. Can you c- c- comment on this, yeah, on so, this uh, monstrosity? Of... Well, it's, it's... So it's a question of time as well, right? Mm. So what is the time of, of these systems, right? And there is no time. At the most, if you think of it at the most kind of kindergarten logic, there's literally no clocks in that system. Like the cyclical sunrise, sunset does nothing to that system. Red lights do nothing to that system. So it's a question of temporalities. There's a temporality of these systems that I don't know how it is organized. It's almost homogenous in that it's always moving. And there's this time constraints that other systems and other codes have so we as bodies have this temporal constraints necessities that this doesn't have so and and we articulate them in in all kinds of ways so we punch in and punch out of work some of us still do but there's no such there's no conception of this these uses of time in these systems so um so then when you interface with a system that doesn't even have a time structure, how that's terrifying. That's the it's almost like sublime 
in the old way. But it's not an avalanche because an avalanche implies affinitude. Mm -hmm. And this almost implies a lack of finitude. Uh, not that it won't one day break down or change, but it just, internal to it is not a metric that we recognize somehow. Um, yeah. Well, well, I, we, we, maybe maybe we, uh, there is some use of the of the of the, this kind of system for people like Silo Mirele with the bottle of the. He said he his his war maybe if never came back to the or never was present in the the art world, the means will be different today. Right. Because maybe it was a guerrilla position using the system of the Coca Cola in Brazil. He put the, the center. Yeah. Maybe you can explain. But it's they use no is he using return of the object? Is he using the the system like a vector to transmit idea of the me a message, political message? Yeah. Yeah. He's who talking about he, Sildo Mireles. Okay. Who uh during the military di dictatorship in Brazil, uh when it was increasingly the censorship was growing and it was increasingly difficult to do exhibitions, especially with political content. He began to silkscreen messages on empty Coke bottles. And so they were invisible when the bottle was empty. It just looked like part of the label. And then it, in the old days, you know, when we had to return the bottles, it would go back to the Coca-Cola plant and they would fill it. And the dark liquid would cast it. And you would finally see the message. But it was too late. It was already going back into the city. So what I would say is, that there's ways to maybe use these systems, but Silvio Mireles did nothing to the system. No. So you could almost employ it as a resource. So he his his thing was against a third force, right? A political landscape. But his doing that did nothing to the system of circulation. So maybe there's employability, but that doesn't imply destruction or injury to the system. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so far we're, we're talking about those objects in, um, in a rather general way. I mean, by definition, because that's what we're describing. Mm -hmm. But some things that I find, uh, extremely interesting in your work is that you're, you're, you're also adapting, uh, this, uh, thinking in a more, uh, let's say local, I mean, in, in your quest of examples, you're, you're using local, um, local, uh, specific case cases. And uh, and so I I want to I want to go now to um, this other research and this text you've wrote that's uh, uh, called Learning from Little Haiti in a, in a, uh, as we talked about in reference to learning from Las Vegas and learning from uh, what was it Milan like this uh, uh, almost this uh, hi history of titles that uh, of learning from everywhere <laughs> we might be and so. In learning from Little Haiti, there's uh, one object that you consider in particular, and uh, and that I was able to uh, to witness here uh, uh, in in Miami, um, uh, which is uh, which is a speaker that are being put outside by uh, uh, shop owners uh, of all kind, and having like this uh, Latin or Creole uh, Creole music uh, coming into the streets and somehow creating a sort of uh, 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 a, ter a territory of uh, intensification because obviously the, the furthest you are from the speakers or, uh, the least you feel part of this territory and as, cl as closer as you get you're, 
you you feel the intensity of it but somehow as soon as you hear it you are part of this territory that orients you towards it which i suppose is the goal of their of the speaker since it's uh, it's to uh, somehow if not attract at least uh, draw attention to the store that that uh, that has this uh, um that that has these speakers outside uh, can you can we maybe talk about that uh, how how there maybe how it relates to this research of generic objects and how uh, it creates a sense of your vanity a kind of sonic your vanity that we uh, designers did not necessarily thought about and uh, how this object uh, as we talked about uh, escaped maybe from the system and created a, well did did not necessarily escape from the system but acquired an, an identity based on logics that were not necessarily the one that caused it, its production? Um, well, I think, I think so. There's two things, I think. Mm. I think when there's the, the individual artifact, and what you're describing, you become in this kind of intense field every time you approach one. So that's one thing. But there's also the idea of recurrence. And so within the neighborhood, um, it's actually the recurrence of this gesture that is important, I think. Because you could always have a speaker in a boutique in a rich neighborhood and have an intense sonic feel. But I think what matters in this case is that it became this recurrent gesture, which actually is a new urban feature of this neighborhood. It's what makes the neighborhood as such different from other neighborhoods. So it becomes almost a, an, an identity marker in, in contradistinction to the way the rest of the city works. So I think what's interesting is, you know, it's, it's constancy, right? Sometimes it looks like inevitable, no? Yeah, it becomes like a fatality, yeah. right? Like a fatal process at some point, right? If it acquires enough density of, you know, this repetition gets done enough, it's almost, it becomes this fatal quality of the neighborhood, this fatality, this inevitability in the neighborhood. So it's actually, if you don't have a speaker, you may be suffering a loss in business or a loss in maybe the way people approach you or how likable you are or how foreign you are. So actually it becomes a feature in such a way that if you don't participate in it, it's to your detriment. Mm -hmm. As opposed to in other places it may be not that because it's just one in other places it works because it's a single thing and so it makes you the cool boutique or something I don't know mm -hmm. and I, I'm interested in uh, in your text how you talk about their, um, uh, the negoci the negotiations that that this putting the speaker uh, outside uh, consists in which which is um, <clears throat> which also has to do has a lot to do with the object itself because it's it's a movable object and 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 you you actually spend some time uh, describing their the various uh, uh, other artifacts that that goes with this object, whether it's uh, um, whether it's uh, the, those cases that protects it or uh, the kind of uh, tinkering that's involved also with uh, going with this object. But I'm interested in this notion of negotiations between, uh, as you say, and I quote, uh, imported habits, so the the fact of putting speakers in front of stores. And what the city allows, which uh, is uh, uh, the fact that the speakers uh, that remain 
seemingly impermanent or extractable elements of the commercial structure. Um, uh, so somehow that's, that defines the city more through its practices uh, that are that in that case involved a time because it involves the, the opening of the store and it, uh, which coincides with a with a speaker uh, um, um, releasing the music and and uh, and a time where the speaker is put inside and the store the store is closed so that's that that's also one more element I suppose that that makes this object uh, uh, exit somehow the system we were talking about earlier isn't it. Yeah, you you uh, you can see the the little hated neighborhood in this case, like a big field of force. You know, there is a a sonification process that allow uh, the, that, that define the use of the of the these streets, maybe Second Avenue Street. Mm. Um, I think there is no people living in this place. You can they only in this the the first the first faith, faith uh, the facades. The yeah, the facades. Um, you can take only business, little business, or something like that. Um, but there is a very expensive process to get a sign, for instance. It's very very expensive for this kind of people to to pay the signs mensually, uh, monthly. To to get the authorization, is that right? Authorization. Yeah. Uh, you need to 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 get a permit. You know, mm-hmm. you need to make an installation. It's a big process. It's no easy process to 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 install the the, the signs. Um, the same time. Uh, these the people that live in this place in Little Haiti use the, the the street in different way. The Cubans in Hialeah, they walk the street. They they walk on the sidewalk. It's like 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 in Haiti, and they use the city in different way. You can feel the the, the the behavior of the people in different neighborhood. They use the city in different way. The, the way that they cross the the street or, or they speak in the street. Um, the same time, there is, there is a strong regulation for the sign, for the for the use. Um, there is necessity for these people. Everybody in this neighborhood is, is poor people, um, but there is some demand. In a demand, no, real. There is a big neighborhood. The people needing thing that they they sell on the street on the on this this store. Um, this kind of of big force. It's producing uh, like a natural, like a, like they producing uh, a very restricted solution. It's the way because you can find the repetition of the speaker in this in the in the in the case of the communication of the of the of the business, and the speaker is look like the only one solution possible in this in this in this uh, uh, neighborhood. Then. We don't know, but maybe there is another kind of nego- negotiation in the in the the, the, the left side. I don't say in Spanish, we say por el lado izquierdo, no, por la izquierda, with the inspector under be- the table, under the table, because the the system of the of the control is very strong in the United States. The inspector is a, is a, is, a, is like a national guard, no, you know, it's, it's the people uh, real feel real uh, fear, fear, yeah, about yeah. the about the inspector. Then uh, maybe there is the the negotiation, you know, on the table. But uh, well, I I meant actually more negotiation, uh, uh, not as much or an explicit negotiation, but an implicit yeah, no. one of uh, of the the, pra- the practice of the city and how how the speakers are 
are uh, negotiating their the existence of those uh, of those uh, little shops, for example, and uh, and how. Uh, I mean, I also associate the notion of negotiation very closely to the to the to the political. So I suppose that's where that's where I was coming from with this question. Yeah, I understand the question, but at the same time, I was thinking that normally in Cuba, people will be taking negotiation really mm. with the inspector An paying something. One, yeah. You know, it's, it will be another another kind of relation. This is the 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 big force that you can maybe move around to try to avoid. No, mm-hmm. but there is negotiation about about the the. The the materials of the of the structure of the object is the result of this negotiation that you asking no, mm-hmm. um, it's totally some is this kind of object is provisoire is uh, temporary, you know because and you can see this you can find this kind of object between maybe nine o'clock and six o'clock you know there is a time for for self in this store, and. Mm-hmm. Um, there is many marks that define mark of a way to negotiation that that is uh, informant informing informando como se mm-hmm. dando forma informing, informing this kind of uh, of structure mm-hmm. there is something like architectural uh, idea of the object too you know sometimes there are nego- there is a code common, communal or, or common codes between people that understand this cable is coming of the this store but the sign is maybe th- th- uh, three meters out of the of the store, but they find a way to you connect both systems, the store and the sign. You know there is many little and very uh, not easy to recognize codes in this kind of structure. No? I don't know if you can try to go. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the thinking of negotiation. I think when you think of the of the neighborhood as a, a field of forces. So on the one hand, there is, um, I guess you call it a legal force or a legal strength, which has to do with zoning, has to do with inspectors. Uh, and, and, you know, inspector in a neighborhood like this is not an abstract figure. It's a very real presence. So and then there's the force of the stock of materials you have. So if you want to build a temporary shed, the plywood only comes in one size. So if the sheds in the Caribbean are six feet. Here, they're probably going to be eight feet. So that's that's your other force. Is this this homogeneous stock that it's you, it it costs you more to not work with it, right? Because if you don't want the eight foot wall, then you have to buy the saw, mm-hmm. right? So there's this kind of um, and the third is the actual economic necessity of the neighborhood which is itself another force, right? A very important force. So I think it's in in this triangle of friction that things, that solutions pop out, like popcorn, no? And one of them has been the speaker in terms of the business. And there's other solutions like this. But uh, yeah, so I would say something like, um, like the jitney, the bus that only goes up 2nd Avenue is a solution because the public transportation system was faulty so they this system popped out of this this kind of triangle of of forces i see the, the bus being uh, a bus that is not part of the of the normal network of transportation yeah so the jitneys are private buses okay and they're smaller and they only travel one axis of the city hmm. cutting through the middle of little haiti 
So that's a solution, right? And they relate to the jitneys of the Caribbean, right? The little buses, the little painted jeeps of the Caribbean. So, so there's solutions that kind of pop up, pop out of this point of friction. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is this I, I interpret it, the idea of negotiation that you were talking about. Um, and Ernesto, in your earlier response, you 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 evoked uh, the notion of necessity, which I know is very uh, uh, important to you because you you had this project called Architecture of Necessity. So could we, could you maybe talk a little bit about what you mean by by this uh, this term of necessity, please? Yeah, using the the term in two ways. Um, the first one is like. Uh, Using like to design to to name a kind of architecture like is very uh, precarious. You know, it's very precarious. Very, uh, it's an emer em emergent kind of architecture, and there is uh, no rhetorical value in this kind of description. It's something like very descriptive of this kind of architecture. It's architecture of necessity, but there is another another means. Is the I'm using like like an uh, Metaphor, because architecture in this in this world can see can can be uh, understand like a diagram, like a graphic, like a diagram is the word a scheme, no? A schema, scheme, scheme mm -hmm. to put in relation necessity, uh, legal con legal resource, materials, uh, economic uh, possibility of the family. Um, the history of the family, the members. Then uh, this this building, when you see this kind of building, is like the the architecture of, of Havana. Many house trans trans uh, receive this transformation. When you see the re the final result, you have a big scheme, a big, big uh, diagram of this relation. Mm -hmm. Then I thinking about architecture in society like a diagram that the house is putting in relation this information. This is for me. This is the The, the I'm very radical with that. I, for me, this is the only way to do architecture today because it's, it's, it's very uh, sincere, 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 and it's like uh, it's organic. It's this kind of building is very, very uh, connected to the family force. You know, to the relation with the, with the people, the, the, the way that the family is growing, the, the way the family is. He's taking money on the city or using to, uh, his times. And many times I, I talk about uh, to produce the house. It's living, the, the action to produce the house is living on different action in the house, like, like procreate or cooking or, you know, because the house is, is growing every day. The people is making the, the world today and finish maybe two months later because they finish to find the blocks or the sink, no, the... The block, how the, the cinder block. Cinder block. Um, the house is lined of the. Is, is almost the diagram of the of the life of the family too. In maybe 10 years, 15 years. Mm -hmm. Then I use it to determine both means, the, like description of this kind of architecture without rhetorical uh, fly. You know, it's very directly. In another way, it's a metaphor. Thinking the building has a has a diagram of the relation of the family with necessity means uh, economy or legal resource. Mm -hmm. This is the, the way. I see, and I, I was I was very pleased to also read in one of your texts that you you had 
put your finger on a few uh, uh, architects of necessity and uh, uh, people that uh, I think uh, many of us uh, gre greatly admire, like uh, Teddy Cruz or Santiago Tirogueda or, or Patrick Bouchin, who I was very pleased to see that you you knew about. Uh, um, so th their work would be for you a good a good uh, <clears throat> a good um, application of of being an architect and yet being able to to uh, to design this architecture of necessity you're evoking, isn't it? Yeah, I think Patrick Bouchan and Teddy Cruz and Sirujeda, uh, mm -hmm. um, Aravena, there is some people using this kind of of of, of idea about uh, approach to the architecture. Mm -hmm. Then Teddy Cruz for me is, is the is the is the project that I know better. He finds some different kind of, of solution in this uh, territory where he's working. Um, Patrick Bouchan has another another approach, but it's very close to the to the to the local force, local uh, popular force around, or the or folkloric idea mm -hmm. about. Actually, oh, included mat material included yeah, as well, yeah, include, but yeah. socially and material. And Aravena too, because Aravena is including the idea of the people. This is a very old idea that made open house for people finish the house. You know, this is very old idea. But he's putting in, in production really now and in Chile. Mm. Um, I think they're talking about 50% house, something like that. And then other people put another uh, 50%. And yeah, I thought about that. I, I thought there is people uh, producing this kind of architecture today. I, I mentioned these guys, and I I said at the same time there is thousands of people in Cuba doing that for thirty years. You know, there is. I I made many interviews. There is guys that are expertise in his house. You have a big uh, knowledge about how they how they were transforming the house for for thirty years. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe to, to conclude the conversation, we can briefly talk about uh, those artifacts that you are yourself creating, creating uh, uh, many, many books and, uh, and also those little uh, tabloids that uh, you've, been, uh, you've been exhibiting. And, uh, <coughs> and uh, maybe I'd, I'd like to ask you about this relationship, uh, uh, about this artifact that the book is. And... Uh, maybe just to give one example, you uh, Ernesto, you showed me this uh, this um, this book of uh, that was made in Cuba of of uh, learning from Little Haiti in uh, in its uh, Spanish version, but that was that was basically printed in a in a in a in a clandestine way, wasn't it? Like, can you can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we we have every time that we do, uh, develop a test or an idea that we made a research and we produce a test at the end. Is uh, I think every time it's associated to a tabloid project. We create a tabloid for this test. May, many of the, the tests that we publish in Eflux or another was published before in the tabloid. Um, we produce uh, diagrams, object exhibition, interior sp uh, sp space. Um, we invite people to to make collaboration with us too. No? We, it's, it's a it's a production that has different kind of level of production. It's not only the the end is no uh, definitely an object, no? And the book that we print in Cuba was uh, we want to put in Havana this research. We we are thinking to to uh, to to the people can read in Havana this research. And we it's very easy, it's not easy to send information to Cuba 
tableaus material you know it's about about there is big control about information coming inside Cuba. Then we think to print in Havana and we asked to Orlando Hernandez is a is a is a writer that we know from Cuba. Um it's a very point art critic art critic Cuba too and he's making a, a beautiful uh, research about popular culture uh, for many years and we asked him to to make an introduction of the book and we find a way to print the book in Cuba somebody has uh, tell us that there is somebody half working for the government has a, a, a way to print out of the system you know and we send the PDF we send information and we made some selection of paper because we know kind of paper is produced in Cuba and Hatibonico is a is a big factory's paper in Cuba. Um in this kind this this book is like is a is a is a remanent or is a como un remanente del tabloide del del original tablo that we made to Proyecto Habitat Learning for Little Haiti. Maybe you don't have copy now but we 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 print this this test was printed in Uruguay and in Guatemala, uh, Miami, Mexico, in was Mexico with this tabloid. Then we t- we try to spread this this test in different part and we for Cuba we use the same the the we we have the idea to, to print in Cuba and we bring someone here but the the many of these books was uh, you know spread around the the city. Mm-hmm. Uh the tablet project is we we produced the 29 maybe 2 months ago we started in 2009 uh, until now we maybe uh, there is someone is in french one in, in many in english of course and spanish someone's uh, we print one for quebec city in french maybe 2010 yeah I think this was the the big the the big uh, issue was the the room was the twenty or fifty at the time it was fifteen thousand, and then it was inserted in the city's newspaper. Mm. So it used the system for distribution of the city's weekly. I see. Well, in in agreement with the paper. Yeah. So what happened yeah. was we got invited to the Quebec City Biennial, mm-hmm. and our project was to do a tabloid, and they had to figure out how to insert it into the city's newspaper to move around. So it was the center the center fold of the weekly newspaper for one week. I see. Yeah. Every time sorry, every time the tablet has a pattern. This is a information that is documenting or associated to the test inside or research inside. Is but you can take in the in the exhibition space you can take many that, that I don't know many ones, and you can produce a wallpaper, or maybe you can try to put in the cover of the books. You can reuse the the tablet in different different mm-hmm. ways. But every time we or we create a poster or we create a pattern for for made a, a wallpaper, or sometimes we create this kind of uh, something like like you can use like. Diafragma, sería en español, no sé cómo se usa eso. To put uh, photos or... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, frames. Yeah. Like, like a frames. Mm-hmm. In this case, this is a collection that we have uh, of... Uh, of boarded up houses. From the foreclosure wave. 
Okay. Yeah, but the, the, the pattern is the glass. Oh yeah. Yeah. We use the the, the pattern is coming for the for the the glass of the refrigerator or mm. oven. You know, we have a collection of this that we are using for the pattern of the. Because you can find in the book there is another test about Savasjara uh, about sobre el rastro. Yeah, Savasjara. Okay. Well, uh, maybe Jean, I'm letting you use your. Uh, I'm letting you use a conclusion <laughs> okay. if you want to. <laughs> what is without a question? Just yeah, we have without a question. Just, just a free if, conclusion. If you want to bring things uh, back, back in the loop as uh, as we were describing. Um, well, the the way I I think of the project is with this idea of the counterpoint. So the counterpoint is like a dialectic that doesn't synthesize, but that each element alters the other. So I think the project is based on this, thinking of these global flows and these generic objects, and then the local contextual manifestation that, that happens. But it, it you can't synthesize those two things. They could only just play off each other or try to play off each other. So I think the project at the at the core of the project there's this kind of way to try to think through counterpoint how the big picture and the local picture articulate and alter each other maybe or try or or what is that negotiation mm -hmm. so i think that that's and as you was talking about counterpoint you can uh, uh refer their listeners to the same thing you've been referring to me which is uh, the work of uh, fernando Ortiz. yeah so the counterpoint in the caribbean is established by fernando ortiz who was a cuban ethnographer um who well, i guess was one of the first ones to value Afro-Caribbean cultures in a academic context or in the hard social science, the social sciences. Well, uh, Ernesto and Jean, uh, thank you very much. I um, uh, maybe uh, based on what we were talking about in the in the uh, uh, work of uh, what we briefly talked about in the work of clandestinity uh, in Cuba with uh, regards to books, I can also refer. Uh, the listeners to uh, uh, the conversation I had with our common friend uh, Lijuan Pong about the uh, Cuban uh, clandestine libraries in Archipelago as well uh, but uh, thank you very much for your time and uh, I, uh, I, ref I recommend everyone to look at uh, the, the numerous books that you've been doing uh, uh, that, we will, that will be all uh, listed on the, on the page of the, of the podcast thank you Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.